From the heart of Nebraska's capital city, this is the Nebraska Family Alliance Report. Here's your host, Nate Graz. Life is on the ballot. I'm Nate Graz, Policy Director for Nebraska Family Alliance. We are talking about the most foundational issue that we work on, and that is the right to life. As we have talked about previously, there is currently a ballot initiative being circulated across our state attempting to put a question on the ballot in November of 2024 seeking to create a fundamental right to abortion in our state constitution. There's a lot to unpack with this, and I am honored to have with me in the studio today David Mahan, who serves as the policy director for the Center for Christian Virtue in Ohio. David has testified before Congress, and he was really at the tip of the spear and helping to lead the fight against a very similar ballot initiative that unfolded in Ohio. And so, David, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Oh, thanks so much, Nate. Man, it's been a, a blessing to be able to hang out with you all and and uh, participate in the fight here. We've been honored to get to spend time with you and really to learn from your experience in Ohio. You know, this was something that we and, and people all over the country were watching closely last year, um, and, and our hearts broke to see that that, that initiative yeah. did pass in Ohio. And now we're facing it in Nebraska. And in fact, we've seen seven abortion-related ballot initiatives across the country since the overturning of Roe versus Wade and each of these seven initiatives have not gone our way. So what exactly are we up against here in Nebraska, and what do we need to be prepared for? You know, with it, the giant that we're facing um, is very organized. They've got a plan. You know, you're dealing with Planned Parenthood. You're dealing with the ACLU. I mean, these are just, these are just monsters. But I think Funding is, is a huge issue, right? They they are extremely well-funded. I mean, everybody's got the Soroses, you know, that that's real. I mean, that there was Soros money in Ohio. There was Soros money in, in Michigan. And, um, you know, they, they will always outspend us. I mean, I think we spent, uh, we raised about $36 million. They raised about 53 I think it was $40 million in Michigan, right? And so they, they spent more in, in, uh, in Ohio. Uh, but as we'll kind of get into, I, I think there's the tail of the tape of Ohio that um, we're starting to see more than some of the other states. And that was that was the you know, where was the body of Christ? What was the role of the body, you know, in all of this? I really want to dive into that because I think that's the most important point in, in this whole conversation. Uh, but I want to be clear what what we're talking about, because what people are going to be told about this initiative uh, is that it's about viability. But the language of this initiative, what, what it actually says is it, it creates this fundamental right to abortion until viability, but it also goes on to say that viability is determined by the abortionist. Yeah. And it also creates this right, not just until viability, but whenever necessary to protect the life or health of the pregnant patient, which is also determined by the abortionist. And we know that in this context, that health exception has been used to include things like mental and emotional health. Familial health. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's going to kill me, right? That that can be used. <laughs> right. So so now what, what we're really talking about really is abortion up until birth in our state constitution. Uh, and, and that was, um, you know, the, the initiative that you all had in, in Ohio. Um, so this is really an extreme measure. Um, you know, th- this is a, a choice that, that we are going to have. Everyone is going to be able to vote on this. What was the engagement like in, in Ohio 
uh, from churches and Christian leaders and what do our Christian leaders and pastors in Nebraska need to be doing? Yeah, we, we are so conflicted, Nate, because we, we, were, we were so blessed to see how many of our major denomination leaders come together on this. I mean, I'm, I'll be 50 this year, man, and I, I have never seen the body of Christ come together on anything like this. The Catholics were amazing on this, all the bishops, um, you know, the, the, the AGs, the, the, um, the, I mean, Church of God, um, all the non-denominational folks, um, some of the mega churches. It was just a beautiful thing. The pro-life organization, which sometimes can be at each other's throat every once in a while, came together uh, on this. And we thought, wow, you know, we, we were being invited into conferences and things uh, from denominational levels. Uh, but what we saw, though, when, when it all was said and done, again, it was it was 5743. And uh, we did some some investing in, the, in some exit polling where we found that um, there was about 38 percent over one third of weekly attending Christians that voted yes. Right. So, you know, we, we went deeper than just evangelical. Right. We you know, how often do you attend church? Right. So these are folks that these leaders, these pastoral leaders are speaking into on a weekly basis. And they still one third of them, over a third of them voted yes. And 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 of the yes votes total, 30 percent of them identify that 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 life begins at conception. Right. So it wasn't that they didn't know. It was it was it was a uh, very disconcerting. But. Um, we're still going through the cross tabs, but I think there is there's definitely a message for the body of Christ post this election and other states like Nebraska that are just queuing up for this fight. Yeah. And I mean, th- these are tough issues. But when we're looking at what we know the word of God says about this issue and what the role of the church should be uh, and then seeing this this issue, you know, this is no longer just, you know, in the hands of our legislators. And we hope and pray that they do the right thing. This is on the ballot. Uh, for every single voter to have a say in. What would you want pastors and and church and ministry leaders in Nebraska to know about the impact that they can have on the outcome of this ballot initiative? You know, Jeremiah 29 encourages us to seek the peace and prosperity of our city. When we are looking at the issue of abortion, it's it's not just an issue, right? This is um, the dismembering of children in the womb, the starving of children in the womb. And we have to see it a little different as an issue. And sometimes when we were going to the various churches, we would literally have pastors in the very beginning, Nate, they were you know, saying that we, you know, we understand we are pro-life, but we can't engage in politics. And so that was something that we had to fix. And so one of the things I would ask them is, you know, and they're, you know, I'll be in their churches. I was like, raise your hand if you have children, right? And they would raise their hand. I'm like, well, how many remember? You know, I had four one son. And how many a kid comes up to you saying, hey, I need another video game system, right? Like another $500 system. And I'm like, no, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. He doesn't stop there, right? He goes to mom. He lobbies mom, right? <laughs> so mom says, well, wait a minute, you know, we'll, you know, let's, let's talk about this. Let's caucus. I'll caucus with your father in between now and December 25th, the house will make a decision. And, and what I'm trying to let them know is while government is God's thing, Politics is man's thing. And both are important. Right. You've got three forms of godly government. You've got, you know, the family government, civil government and yes, church government. Right. Um, And politics is man's way of getting their needs and wants met within the context of one of those three governments. And we engage in it all the time, every day in all three. And so sometimes when we look at 
civil government and we say, hey, we, we can't engage there um, because, you know, we, we don't want to be political. That's a lie. That that statement is political. Like you are letting the you are you're abdicating, you know, your godly voice uh, in society to folks who want to literally kill children. And that was a you know discussion that we had on the side with them. And then a lot of times they would offer us to come in and talk to their congregations. Uh, but we need to stand up. We need to seek the peace of our city and we need to do it sooner rather than later. That's another thing that we learned in, in the state of Ohio. Well, I, I think that's so important because we know that we, we have been given the truth and that this is not a, a political issue. It, it's a spiritual issue. And that means that the people of God have to be leading the way. So what, what is your response? You know, because we hear this all the time, right? When, when it's in the context of, of government or elections uh, is that, you know, maybe I, I'm pro-life or, you know, I agree with you, but this is too political or too controversial for, for our, our church to yeah. step into or to speak about publicly. How can we respond to that? It's, and we heard that a lot too. And, and the core of that argument, listen to what we're saying. Um, it's, I'm pro-life, but I can't say what somebody else. We would never say that about murder, right? We would never say, okay, somebody breaks into your church. They take somebody's life. Murder's bad for me, but maybe it's not so bad for the person that just killed somebody in my church. The reason why we say that is because we don't see the taking of a unborn life as murder. That's a problem. And, and this is one of the scriptures that the Lord put on my heart was in Luke, where it talks about the Good Samaritan. And, um, you know, the Lord is actually dealing with an expert in the law, a religious individual. And, um, and he says, um, you know, what must one do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus basically says, how do you read it? What does it say in the law? Like, work this out on your own before I start talking. And he said, well, you know, love the Lord. And uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and Jesus said, hey, sounds like you got it all figured out. In terms of the text of the word, you got it. You're an expert. But then he kept going on. And the guy says, wanting to justify himself, Nate. That's what the scripture says. Wanting to justify himself. He says, but who is my neighbor? And now Jesus begins to engage. And he said, there was a man walking on the road. Right. And uh, three, he got beat up by robbers. Three men were engaged in this story. Two saw him and went on. And the, the, the third, the, the good Samaritan stopped and helped him. And the reason why we deal with this for all of these years is not because the two saw him and, and kicked him or, or, or hit him. They did nothing wrong, but see the problem and do nothing. That was what they did. Right. And, and Jesus said, who is my neighbor? One time I was in the state house and I put a picture on the wall and it was a pregnant woman holding a baby. And I asked young people at the Lord showed me this verse. I asked a group of young up and coming Republicans. Uh, I said, how many neighbors do you see on the screen? And most of the kids said two instead of three, because the neighbor in the womb to them did not have the same value as the neighbor in the arm. And that is what we're dealing with. And that's what that's going to take time to deal with. Uh, that's a cultural thing, generational thing. Right. And, and you know, I'm, I'm reminded, too, of, of the words of Jesus when he says, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And who are the least of these? You know, the, the vulnerable, the defenseless, the voiceless. That's right. There is no more vulnerable. And and if if the people of God who, who know the truth aren't willing to to be their voice, you know, no, no one else is going to step into that space. And so we, we have to have the church leading. We, we can't sit on the sidelines. And uh, Dave, you know, the, the Center for Christian Virtue, you guys are doing incredible work 
in Ohio. You're one of the largest and most influential family policy councils in the country. Um, and I know you guys, you know, poured everything that you had in, in into this campaign, and we know how much of a battle this is going to be. Just how important is it from from your perspective that Nebraska has the opportunity to be the state that changes the tide on this issue? You know, the other side is building some serious momentum. And and when folks were looking at Ohio, I mean, we are a bright red state, right? We've, you know, Republican governor, Republican Senate, Republican House, most of our, like all of our elected officials are Republican. Um, and, and sometimes we conflate that with Christian, right? And sometimes we conflate Christian with, um, you know, that th- we, we always do the right thing. And, and uh, you all have to stop this thing. You have to stop the freight train of momentum that is that is happening. But you also have to kind of ask the kind of questions that you've been asking. W- one of the things that, that we were seeing in the churches, too, man, and again, I'm going to just flat out it. If the church does not engage, we saw this in Michigan, we saw this in other states, but we've got numbers in the state of Ohio. If the church does not engage, you will lose this. The nation needs this thing to go well in Nebraska. The nation needs a win. Babies all over the country need a win. You know, Ohio fell, not because of a lack of work, not because of a lack of, you know, unity, um, but there's lessons to be learned. We've talked about those, but you all, can win this thing. You're starting early. I just came from a room with probably half your state legislature. Your governor's on fire. You all can do this thing, but you have to do it with the church because without them, you can't win. The church has to lead the way. David Mahan from the Center for Christian Virtue, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the incredible work that you're doing. It's been such an encouragement uh, and inspiration to me and our whole team with the time that we've got to spend with you. And I just can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and insight with us here in Nebraska. Thanks.